0: what is the super secret offering that you're willing to give yes, listeners? Yes, yes, yes. Let's hear it.
1: Yes. Okay. So let's do the super secret thing because I don't want to forget that. Um, for whoever is listening to this podcast, because I definitely want to give you a huge thank you for having me on the show. Um, anyone, anyone, anyone who messages you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know if you get a hundred, a re- uh, hundred subscribers or 200 or 300, whatever anyone who's read, uh, who's listening. Um, Just let me know and I'll give you the link to um, my my uh, my gosh, I don't even know what it's called right now. I can't think my brain is mush, but essentially they'll get a free version of the book. Um, It won't be it won't be like the official Amazon Kindle, Mm -hmm. but you will get a version, whether it be EPUB or Mobi or PDF. And so you choose whichever uh, format fits you best you choose and it goes directly to your reading device and you can read it. And if you enjoy it, please, please, please leave a review. But that is my gift for you.
0: That is so nice for people. That is, that's great. Um, subscribers for me is kind of like reviews for you. Yep. I get tons of listens and it's crickets on the subscriber end. It really is. So you know what I think I'll do? I think the first five subscribers is going to get the free book. Okay. I think that's what we'll do. I think we'll say that if you actually subscribe to this,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. the first five are getting a free copy of that book. Awesome. I'm down. I'm in. Absolutely. Definitely. Hello, friend. You're listening to the Edited for Content Show, a place where we try to understand a topic by extracting truth from theater. If you like this podcast, let me know. Share it and come back again. My guest is a wife, mother, United States Army veteran, Latina, and author of the science fiction romance series, Brennan. This is going to be as close to interviewing Ellen Ripley as I will ever get. Welcome, Andrea Barringer. Thank you for coming.
1: Oh, awesome. That was awesome. My goodness.
0: So welcome.
1: Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. So, so before we got started, you were starting to tell me the story about, because, and I, I want to give the audience kind of a quick insight into your book. We're going to talk about it extensively later, but the kind of the short version is that there is a character in there who is a trauma nurse Mm -hmm. and part of this group called the elite. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, I'm doing good so far. And, the the reason that we were talking about that before we got started was because you had initially wanted to go to nursing school and then wound up in the military. And how did that, like, tell that story.
1: Okay. Well, I was in my early twenties. I'm going to preface it with that. And Andrea, when she was young, I uh, just, you know, I, I wanted to do things my time, my way anyways. So I was in, I was in the, um, I was in college and I knew I wanted to join the military because of September 11th that -hmm. happened. And of course, I think a lot of us just felt that patriotic need to serve our country in some way. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to serve our country. Um, and so I went and I wanted to, and I joined the air force ROTC and they told me, oh my gosh, they told me, Andrea, if you get a really good GPA, we will help you get into the College of Nursing because it is competitive. Right. And so I said, OK. So I tried really, really hard. And let's let's remember that college at this point was almost 20 years ago for me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be I'll be 39 um, this year. And so I got a three point nine four five GPA. I still remember that number. That's how much of a inciting event this was in my life at, you know at the time. Mm -hmm. i I had a really good gpa i was taking all these pre-med school classes okay medical terminology doing this and i didn't get in and i i don't know why but my life just shattered it did it shattered there's no easy way around that um and i just i said screw it screw you all i'm joining the army (laughs) (laughs) who who, who does that i don't know but i did Uh um but anyways, in my time in the army, I met so many cool people. Okay, and all of them, mostly, were medics. Mm-hmm. And medics, to me, I just fell in love with them. They they love soldiers. Mm-hmm. They care about soldiers. Every single one that I've met is brave, like insanity levels of brave, mm-hmm. if, if I may say so. Like, you know, the eleven bravos, right? the 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 soldiers that go on the front lines, they're they're the epitome of brave, but then you have medics who go in when the bullets are flying to go save that life. You know, that's who, that's who you're calling when the thing goes bad. So I love them. I've interviewed them. Um, I became friends with them. So that's why I wrote my first book into the trenches. And there's a lot that happens with, with them. Um, and I just kind of kept with that i i I love medicine i always have always will i love medical drama um and so and i like female strong female uh protagonists Mm -hmm. so and i've only written two books but so far it's always military it's always strong women and there's always a medical component um that's how it always goes for me
0: so was trenches your first book that you wrote then or did you is that so that is that where you started writing or did you start writing before that
1: I, uh, my first official book is into the trenches. Um, and it's a, it's a Christian romance. It is, it is pretty heavy with the Jesus stuff. So in case some people are not into that, you know, I'm giving you mm-hmm. a warning, but, um, but yeah, it's, it started off as a journal for me. Like I was taking, you know, I was writing in my little journal entries. I really thought I was going to deploy because everybody was deploying when I was in, you know, again, we were at war, right. um, but I never deployed. I never did. Really? I never did. Don't ask how. I don't know. But my sister did. And oh. a lot of a lot of my best friends did. A lot of my s- sergeants did. And one of my friends literally gave me his war journal. Okay? Literally said, "Andrea, here's my journal from one- my diary essentially essentially of when I was over there." And I took that. I interviewed my sister. I interviewed hurt soldiers. Um And just had a blast doing it. But, you know, again, listening to their to their sob stories, because, you know, a lot of them have nightmares Mm -hmm. and brought that all together. And I created my character, Annalise, for, again, Into the Trenches. And I just I created all of that drama under one person's POV. So Into the Trenches is a fiction story. But 90 percent of the store of the material is, is realistic, just from a whole bunch of different real life people. Um, so that's my first book. And then for this second book, um, it's totally away from that. You know, the same themes, you know, military, strong Mm -hmm. females, things like that. But, um, sci-fi I've, I've recently in the last, I don't know, 10 years, I have fallen in love with sci-fi hardcore. and, And I'm, maybe I'm not as well versed as some of your other listeners and other, and other people, but I mean, like right now I literally have, the expanse here. And it's not because of this interview. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I promise. It was because I was watching season five just now. And I was like, Oh, I wonder, I wonder what the book uh, says in the back for the blurb. And I just went to go grab it real quick to look. So uh, I love sci-fi. It's, it's definitely growing on me every day.
0: And so, <laughs> which is exciting because I mean, you meet people who get into sci-fi later in life, um, but they might not take it to, the, to that level that you have and even taking it to where it's actually influencing your writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so while you might not have been into sci-fi early, what really kind of drove you into it later in life then?
1: Um, that's a fantastic question. I think um, my husband, honestly um i i will admit and please don't shoot me down you're gonna get so much hate mail i will admit i i did not like sci-fi when i was younger you know in my mm-hmm. teens or whatever i was like oh okay you know it's not my thing and then i get with this man and we're like you know thinking like what family friendly shows can we watch and there's so much star trek material just oh, yeah. available to you just free you know you know if you have like Uh, what's it called like Netflix and and Mm -hmm. Disney Plus which we do and and so he's like well let's just watch Star uh, Star Trek and I'm like oh (laughs)
0: fine." right (laughs) (laughs) that is such a wife response to hey let's watch let's watch some sci-fi for like 12 hours straight (sighs) Uh.
1: (laughs) and oh my gosh I fell in love with it like it it is um, a shock to see these like really ugly aliens. Okay. Ferengis are ugly. Ferengis are ugly. And I still can't get used to it. Like their teeth gross me out so bad. I'm just like, why, why do they have to look like, why, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just good writing. Yeah. And it's exciting. And, Mm -hmm. and Star Trek at least is pretty wholesome. Like, yeah, you, you can watch this with your family and still have like actual exciting narratives and and fun things to look at like i I can't think of any negatives
0: so you do so Star Trek, what about star wars
1: love it, I love it please
0: <laughs> but which which set of movies and I say set because you have the middle three, yeah, then the prequels and then these last three, so which set? Would you say? I know. Okay, I'm putting you on know, the spot.
1: I know. Well, okay. Can I answer this question that you didn't even ask first? Sure. Um, my favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One. Oh,
0: it is, good movie.
1: It, it's oh my! It has everything that I could possibly want in a movie. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I I would have to say the middle set, you know, movie four, five, and six, um, because it's one of a kind. First of all, you know, Um, and I'm not even talking about oh, Andrea. Let's let's make some allowances for them. It was the 70s. No, it it was good. Mm -hmm. It was just well executed. Yes. Um. And if I had to say any, if I had to pick my second best, it would be the the next later series with Kylo Ren. Oh Um, yeah. I I liked it. A lot of people did not like it. Um, but I remember being in the movies, uh, watching the final the final final movie oh, and yeah. i was like i was crying and i left the theater going that was the perfect ending oh yeah i was so excited and my brother-in-law was like i don't i don't think so <laughs> so some people had mixed reviews about it but i i enjoyed the heck out of it
0: i the one thing i loved about rogue one was it was the movie i didn't know i needed yes because it filled in that gap and credit to everybody involved in it how they literally fed episode 4 like it rolled right into episode 4 and it was really so seamless that as I'm watching it I didn't even realize I'm like oh this is this is the beginning of episode 4 like this is but but literally yeah but it really um, and and as dumb as this sounds I kind of felt like I was watching Titanic when I first saw it I'll explain So I'm sitting there and I'm watching and when the planet, when they get ready to blow up the planet and I'm like, Oh man, I can't believe they're not going to make it literally in episode four. It tells you that they all died to get the plans out, but I really didn't put that together until (laughs) like I'm like, Oh, spoiler alert. I already knew this. Like,
1: (laughs) I I don't, I think the human experience is to, to want to hope even if when it's, hopeless right I I, I I felt the same way okay that last scene I'm like no they did the job they did the job they deserve mm-hmm. their happy ending get them off that planet and there's no way I mean it's literally happening it's not gonna happen like right. they, they gotta die and it's so terrible
0: it, it was but like I said it was I really kind of sp- like because I actually was in line to watch Titanic and there were literally people coming out of the theater that said I can't believe the boat sank no, and I'm like, did yes, yes, they, yes, they did. I was in Kalispell, Montana in line at the movie theater. They were literally people coming out of the line that said, I can't believe the boat sank. And in my mind, I'm like, first of all, where did you go to school? And second yeah. of all, hello. So yeah, but I did have that brief moment. I have to ask you about, because in your questionnaire, I sent you out this questionnaire that talked about sci-fi mm-hmm. and you brought up the Orville which I love the Orville Yay. and for people who are listening, who have never experienced the Orville. First of all, it's on Fox and I think it's still on Fox. I think Fox did pick it up for the third season.
1: Oh good. It's on Hulu as well. people. Right. Yes. It's
0: yeah. It's on Hulu. Um, if you have not seen it, you and you're into sci-fi in any way, I highly recommend watching it. So, I, I think the easiest way to describe the Orville is Seth MacFarlane, who I'm sure everybody knows from Family Guy and a lot of other things. Um, Ted, the movie Ted, if you've ever watched that, um, he created essentially the comedic version yes. of Star Trek, but still kept some of the tones. Of the suspense and the excitement, but did offer that slight comedic edge to it. Um, I and the and the guest people that are on there are unbelievable. You got Cerise um, Theron yes. was on there
1: Yes, she um,
0: was. Um, I can't think of the guy who I can't oh Rob man, Lowe.
1: I, Rob, Rob Lowe was on there. <laughs>
0: Oh, we're not going to make any spoilers, but that's funny. Rob <laughs> that Lowe was, was a that hilarious was
1: hilarious episode.
0: It was. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy who says, um, "I don't know where you are, but I will find you and I will kill you." Who is that? The um,
1: was it the guy from The Office? Rain Wilson was it? Rain Wilson that
0: you're talking? No, Rain Wilson was in there too. I think, but it was, it was the guy. Um, I can't think he's, he, 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 he does those taken movie, movies. Um, he's got the, he's very British or English or something. He's probably from Scotland. I'll probably get killed. Um, <laughs> I can't think of his name, but there's a lot of celebrities that go on that show. And it's really for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's, it's worth the watch. It's, um, and the story it starts out with, I mean, I'm not going to go into details cause I don't want to ruin anything, but, it really has a really good base story mm-hmm. attached to it, and it's and it's just really well done. But I was going to ask you about it because, in comparison to Star Trek, when you watch the Orville, which of the two do you really enjoy more?
1: The Orville.
0: Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, and we're done. So I want to say thank you for coming. That was great. And um, you're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> Right? It's good.
1: It's, it's excellent. It is an excellently done show.
0: I'm driving this point home for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it makes me nervous because it's on Fox and I remember Firefly.
1: Oh, my gosh. Fox so it, is, makes,
0: it makes me nervous that I like this show. Because <laughs> historically, Fox kill. is going to kill it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, I literally have to tell my husband this because <laughs> Fox kills every show we have ever liked. Okay, Terra Nova. We're still bitter over that. What was that? We're still bitter. It had what dinosaurs. It had explosions. It had military. It had like dystopian sci-fi. Like, why? Why would you kill the show?
0: Was Fox the one that killed that one where they were in a ship for sixty years, like they were going to a planet, and it was only like six? There was only six episodes, and mm. they were going to now i gotta look it up i'm gonna literally google it right now they were going to another planet and i don't know if this was a fox or not um and it was really it was really great and then after the now we're not going to do that but you're right fox kills it
1: fox kills it man i don't want to talk bad about fox because i don't want them to kill this show but dang stop killing the shows
0: I'm literally putting in here TV show six episodes, 60 years, spacecraft. I don't know what's going to come up. I, who knows, who knows Ascension? You
1: know, I, no, I have never heard of that.
0: You never saw Ascension? No. Okay. Worth it. Oh, if you have nothing else to do, it's only six episodes, okay. but you can't be mad at me <laughs> <laughs> that it didn't have another season. That's my disclaimer. Okay. You can That's watch it. You can enjoy it. You can't have it. But you can't be pissed at me when it doesn't go any further. Okay. Oh, and it was it was actually on CBS. Alright, fine. CBS had it. So it was in twenty fourteen. It was this TV series called Ascension. Oh, she was a Cylon. Trisha Heffler. Um, she's in it. There's a couple other people in it. But it's I'm not gonna it's I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but it's totally worth the thing. But it was six episodes. Could not crave more if I tried. And it died.
1: Okay, I'm literally <laughs> taking notes right now so that way i will watch it oh yeah CBS ascension,
0: ascension. and that premise of that That's- was that was a great great story very there's a lot of wholesome components to it but it's very psychological in the sense of it's one of those few sci-fi shows that totally could happen Like totally could be real,
1: like 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 a hard sci-fi because I love hard sci-fi.
0: Oh, see, this is tough because I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away. Just I'll tell you what, like I said, it's six episodes. Watch watch it. it. Then send me an email and say, first, first of all, say, I hate you. What? And then say. <laughs> Why
1: would you do this to me?
0: Yeah. But it was. But it. Fire. So Firefox or Firefox. Firefly. But the Orville is kind of in that same genre for me where I really am passionate about it. But it's on Fox. And that makes me really nervous.
1: You have a reason to be nervous.
0: Because they're famous for like, oh, this is good. Bye.
1: Yeah. But- <laughs> they're notorious for it.
0: Oh they are. They absolutely are. So I just I thought it was great cuz when you put that in there it's like, "Oh, Orville." Yeah, we're going to talk about yes. the Orville cuz it's yes. it's kind of the modern day. I think it really does have the potential to be a long-standing series.
1: I hope so. I really do. And this isn't a sound like ultra personal, but like the 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 real life characters, the people who play them out um I don't I can't remember their names right now, but they got married, and then they got divorced. So I don't know how they're going to come to work and act. Being who got divorced.
0: married? Uh,
1: okay, like I said, I haven't watched it in like since since the season ended, and I can't remember any of the names. But the, Seth the, the, Mc... not Seth oh. MacFarlane. Oh, the the redheaded pilot. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Um, the redheaded pilot and the female captain. Semouth Farland's <gasps> wife in the show they those two get married in real life no yes, and their marriage lasted, I swear like just a few months and this is recent okay, this is so like really recent
0: okay, so first of all you, you I feel like I should have a breaking news sound thing going right now because I had don't no don't idea don't yeah. talk don't. and second of all, you like I don't, I don't right. W- what How is did he that? get her? I, <gasps> Can I just say that? Yeah, is let's it talk. Rude? It's, no, it's no, We are so, so going to talk about this. Is a thing. This is a thing, and we're going to talk about it. Do you remember that episode? The very first Which one, one. The very first yeah, one yes, is that this with is a the, thing. With the bl- 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 well no i was saying when they when they found out that kelly was coming on the ship and he goes we shouldn't be um, talking about this and he goes oh no no this is a thing we're gonna talk about
1: this. <laughs> we're gonna talk about this well
0: so we're kelly, talk about this too. so the character kelly married um um gordon yes get Mary's out
1: okay. in real life
0: first of all she's like three feet taller than him yes Oh, i I don't get and that at looks, all,
1: She looks like she's twenty years younger, so i just I don't understand. I do not understand other than maybe he's he makes her laugh and he's got a great personality and he actually does do music like he actually is talented and in- yeah, um, and I know a lot of girls go weak in the knees for that, but I mean that's, that's how I fell in love with my husband <laughs> but but um.
0: I can't even. I can't even. Like, I just—you just blew my mind. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming again. And this, oh, wow, that's how a...
1: awkward it would be. Yeah. <laughs> how awkward <laughs> it would be. So <laughs> awkward to go to work with your ex-husband, and well, not only that—the your fellow crewmates, like, uh, talk about the elephant in the room. Wow. I don't know. She does have him. I, I would not want to be in with all that.
0: No, I just she can't does. even. Well, and I was kind of upset when and again we're not I don't want to spoil too much, but there have been characters that have left the show that I was wildly attached to, and it really kinda of bummed me out. Um and of course I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil it for anybody, but so I, I think you're right. There is there is a little there's slight instability within the show. But I would be more respectful of the show going down for that than I would be for Fox to say "Viocondios." Like, because if Fox yeah. kills another show of mine, I'm gonna have a hard time being on board with Fox. <sighs> Fox, I just know. Fox, they just like to kill
1: those shows.
0: Well, and yeah. God love. Well, let's um, hope the best. Exactly, and God love Wheaton for doing. Um, um, I think it was Wheaton that did uh, the Serenity movie for Firefox after it was over. Like. Because I I needed it. I just needed the movie. I loved it. It was great. Um, Okay. I want to get back to you. (laughs) Now that we've gone through the Orville and you've given me this, like, mind-blowing, you know, information. Sci-fi in itself is kind of a a unique niche that has a huge following. But when you add the element of sci-fi romance, as a young man growing up in the era of Return of the Jedi, I will say that romance may have hit me. A little bit at one point i never ever thought of it actually being kind of a or being a genre of of you know writing sci-fi and romance that's kind of a unique thing like how do you get that bug
1: <laughs> yeah so you know the i say you know the book uh, initially started more of a, of a children's book um and I started writing it like that. and You know, I, I, there's, a, there's an author that I love, and he's not sci-fi, but my God, do I love all his books. Andrew Peterson, he writes, like, optimistic, really fun fantasy books called The Wing Feather Saga. And so I read that, like, in a day, okay? I mean, I just love those oh, wow. books. And I was like, and, and at the time, I had just become a mom. Um, And so this is, you know, a hot minute ago because my daughter is going to be nine now uh, very soon. So anyways, so I was like, and so this, you know, so Abigail, my daughter is really, really young. And I'm like, I think I want to write a book where my daughter um, and people her age, you know, young kids can do something fantastical. And Mm -hmm. it's going to take place in this really cool world where anything can happen and blah, blah, blah. And as I started writing it, I was like, okay, well, let's be realistic. Kids can't do everything. We need some adults in here. And so I start writing the adults, and I'm like, ooh, I really like these adults. They are. There's something going on between these two characters. And as I was starting to try to flesh them out, like, the more and more complicated it got in a good way. And I was like, oh, no, I need to, I need to dissect these two. These, these guys need to have a POV. Mm-hmm. And so I have a beta reading group, and I had them reading the book. And um, again, we switch POVs and it goes to a children's POV. And they're like, whoa, no, no. I think you need to go ahead and concentrate on the adults. The story is fire. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, emotions and Mm -hmm. switching over to a child's POV is jarring. Just just make it an adult book. And I was like, okay, so I did. Um, And just the characters, they are they're very Um, they feel a lot of emotions, uh, Rhea, you know, uh, she, how do I say this? Um, she feels a lot of negative emotions towards this other soldier named Khaled. And that's how it's pronounced. I know there's like a little, in the, in the beginning of the book, there's a, how to pronounce the names, like a cast of characters. Mm Um, so, so I have that and, um, she just hates him. He left her, you know, they have this really bad history together, but now they got to work together. And um, things get a little spicy along, along the way.
0: You're listening to Edited for Content. Separating truth from theater. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of how it morphed for you, but it sounds to me like you really get connected to your characters
1: i do i dream about them really yeah they become part of me so i when i when i write them i i envision it because i love movies and tv as well Mm -hmm. um so i envision everything like if it's playing out in front of me like how is this character feeling like what is their face doing how why are they feeling this way and then okay let's get the backstory you know and um, when I go to bed, sometimes I go to bed early just so I can d- dream about these characters and place them in those little, in these little situations and what's happening. And, and that's how I get to know them more and more. Um, when I first wrote the book, I told my husband like the, well, actually, I don't think I had even written more than a few chapters. I told my husband, okay, what do you think about this idea? And so I started telling him and he goes, okay, but wh- who are your characters? Sell them to me. What is it? And I tried and I realized I don't know these guys that well. So I, re- I essentially just rewrote the entire thing and, and went back to the drawing board and, and man, they came to life. Um, and I love romance. I think, and, and I guess now I'm just circling back just now to what your, the root of your question, why romance? I think romance allows for deep emotions. It doesn't have to be, uh, and nothing against it. It's just not my reading style. It doesn't have to be that sappy or what might be considered for some Mm -hmm. sappy uh, relationships or, or romance, you know, dude with no shirt on. Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. no, it can be realistic. You know, it Mm -hmm. can have real, real drama. Life, real life is dramatic enough. You don't have to add too much more to it to make it exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think, you know, you can add a few things, but uh relationships are complicated enough as it is and they allow for the human experience, that human emotion. And and um if, if you if I can make you cry when you're reading my book, or if I can make you feel something deep that makes you think, then mm-hmm. I did my job. Um or if I make you go, oh yeah you know that too, but <laughs> you know, the, just all the all the feelings.
0: So in In our emails and exchange, you talked about um, something you wrote about the Holocaust. Yes. And the one thing I found super, super interesting was that you gave it a Disney ending, essentially the first time. And was it your teacher that told you to rewrite it?
1: He did. Yes. And give it
0: a realistic ending. Mm Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the part that got me. The part that got me was that you actually cried killing off a yeah. character that you created.
1: Yes. Cried like a baby, and I still do whenever I write.
0: That's that's a special level of passion for what you do. Because oh, thank this character, well, this character is more than just words on a page. Mm-hmm. It takes on an essence, if you will. Yes. And that's huge. Um, I, to me, you know, is the one thing I like about romance is I hate on the nose romance, like you talked about, yes. where it's in your face, blatant, blah, blah blah. Yes. I'm more of we can see that they're in love, but they don't have a clue. Yes. That's the way to like. That's the kind that I'm like. Okay. And you talked about. Um, I think before we got started, we talked about. Medical dramas because of your, you know, passion with medicine and everything. Um, and I'm sure this is, I'm gonna know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna still watch it. You ever watch Grey's Anatomy?
1: Please, thank you. I binge watched, yeah, I binge watched the entire thing when I had my son. You know, you get like eight weeks if you have a c section, Uh so I was like, Well, I'm finally gonna get into this show, and I binge watched all like 15 seasons in eight weeks. And I do not regret a second of that.
0: Exactly. For me, the relationships that were built in a way where we knew that there was something long before they did
1: Mm -hmm.
0: meant something. Um, And my favorite one is always, um, for those of you that have never watched the show, um, there is a cardiologist named Dr. Burke. And there's an intern um, named dr yang yes and, and they are very strong willed personalities, to say the least, <laughs> say but I lo- least. to say the least, but I liked that you knew that there was something there, and that mm-hmm. the the passion for each other actually stemmed for from excuse me a common passion of the work they were doing, mm-hmm. and it built out from there. Um, As opposed to the uh, couple other characters, which were pretty much in your face from day one. So, yeah, yeah, so I totally get that. And I totally, you know, can completely understand now why somebody would choose to do that genre and get into, you know, because it kind of evolved. I have to ask, what is a beta reading group?
1: Oh, um, I should call it my alpha reading group because they are daggone awesome okay essentially um and 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 i think this is a trend now for many authors honestly uh you write the book and you give it to a group of people that you trust who's going to give it to you dirty okay who are going to hold nothing back and they're just going to rip your book apart um i have zero problem with constructive criticism Mm um and and i gave them that allowance i said Rip it apart. I don't care. Just I want my book to be excellent. Um, That's that's my end goal. So um, so I gave them the book and I actually gave them the first 18 chapters. And that was the that was my plan. Just give them the first 18 to see if I was somewhere good. And then I would just write the rest. But they got so into it. And they there was so many comments. We did it on Google Docs. There was so many comments. Some were like extremely encouraging Others were like, "Okay, Andrea, you need to show, don't tell, or you know, um, you're you're leading the reader a little bit too much. Go ahead and pull back, and and you know, and then like I told you, um, get rid of the children POV. Just just mm-hmm. completely get rid of it. I had to rewrite so many chapters, but by the time I was done, I was like, wow, this is an excellent book. We have a, we have ourselves a story that you're going to want to read.' And um, one of my favorite things was um, I, I was writing actually two particular uh, sessions were my favorite. Um, I was writing and I was like, Hey, uh, and I could tell that my friend was reading like right where I was writing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she, she had finally caught up to where I was cause I was writing in real time. Anyways. And, and I go, Hey girl, I'm going to step away for a little bit. And she goes, okay, I'll keep on reading. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I come back and she goes, dude, I can tell why you had to step away. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> that chapter was crazy steamy and I was like, "Whoa, okay, awesome." Um that that got me excited. And then somebody else um on a different chapter was like, "Oh my gosh, Andrea, my husband's looking at me all weird cuz I'm here at the table crying my eyes out from what you just wrote." And so, you know, that's what a beta group is. They they read it and they tell you what's good and what's not so good and needs you know, needs to get tweaked. Um, so hopefully when you read my book, you find, you know, the fast paced portions to be indeed fast paced, um, the book to be understandable. You know, sometimes I think that sci-fi um, books sometimes are hard to understand. Like you're reading things and you're like, I don't know, you're just giving me a whole bunch of acronyms. You know, I don't know anything about space. I've never been there. Like sometimes it's a lot to swallow. Um, and so these people were not experienced sci-fi readers. So they did force me to kind of explain a few things, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like what's a, what's a photonic. You and I probably know what's a photonic, right? We've Mm -hmm. watched star Trek Voyager. We know Mm -hmm. the doctor, you know, but I need to explain that. So, Mm -hmm. so things like that. Um, But anyways, uh, I enjoyed them and that's what a beta reading group is.
0: When you say that, you know, when I, when I think of technical, sci-fi authors authors. Arthur C. Clarke is the first one that comes to mind. Um, he wrote 2001, 2010. Um, that's a technical, very detailed book, um, about sci-fi. I mean, it's, I'm glad they made a movie um, <laughs> it because it was, it, it took me a minute because it was really, you know, kind of in depth. It really was, but it's a huge story. I mean, it's, you know, especially 2001. That's yeah, that's not a, a light read. Um, but I find that interesting that you have this group that you can trust to give you that honest feedback, which is probably why, to be honest with you, um, for, and something that I want everybody who hears this to understand. Um so you're an independent author. Yes. And you have a 4.6 star rating on Amazon. Yes. That is huge. Oh, thank you so that, much. No, that that's that's un- I looked at that and I'm like and then I'm looking at like okay, so who published it? You know, you're a self-published author. Of a very specific niche, and yes. you have a four point six rating. I mean, that's, and I can't remember. How, there was quite a few. Um, I mean, it wasn't like five of your closest friends. It was quite a few no. people that were on Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like it's was like okay. So I got one from like my cousin, and I got one from my mom. No, it, there's no there's, I, and I don't remember. But there was a lot of people, and for somebody to be independent, that's great.
1: Yes. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get reviews, but, but thank you so much. I, oh. I appreciate it.
0: So before we leave, I want, or before we get done, I want you to run me through kind of a quick overview of the book and just, I don't want you ruining it for anybody. Cause I'm, I'm, my mission is that I want everybody to read this. Um, but kind of run me through, the general gist of of what we're dealing with here
1: is it okay if i just read the blurb
0: um sure you can read me absolutely or, i just you give away anything you want to give away i just don't want people to be like you know like haven't you ever watched a movie trailer and then you saw the movie and you're like yeah okay
1: yeah i i totally uh, understand that
0: i hate that um <laughs> right it's like
1: yeah because you want you know you
0: Oh, I have to have the feels. Like I'm going to be mad if I go and I don't get yes. the feels, like Yes. Just saying.
1: Let me see. My my computer's acting super, super slow. Um so give me a second. You know, um is your podcast like a viewer thing or is it listening?
0: Listening. Oh, I don't do vi- look okay. I,
1: I guess it is. Andrea, hard.
0: Andrea, look at me. Look at me right now. Radio. This is radio. This does not go on video. This right here. You're funny. This is radio. That's. (laughs) This face (laughs) is not for video. Thank you very much. Uh, You
1: know what? I I feel the same way here for myself. It's all good. Um, So let me go down.
0: I will tell you you that I think it's funny that you do have... (laughs) that you do look like Ellen Ripley. Like when you came, I was like, I'm like, it, it, I, I just thought that was funny. Cause you're, when you look at your like promo stuff, it's, I mean, it's promo stuff and we, you know, we've all had glamor shots at some point in our lives. Yeah. Um, but when you came on, I'm like, Oh yeah, the Ellen Ripley thing fits. Cause you have the Ellen Ripley, dark hair, curly, dark hair and all that. And I was just like, oh, that's that's Ellen so Ripley. Funny. you have to tell your husband that I said you, that you're <laughs> Ellen Ripley.
1: I will. I'll tell him I'll tell him as soon as we're done.
0: And before we leave, I do want to talk about him and I want to give him some mad props about his books because especially the one about, um, and this is why I edit stuff. um, There was one about Christian Christianity. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: And I want to talk about that, but first of all, I want to give, this is about you. Let's talk about your book.
1: (laughs) Awesome. And, and also remind me, because I, um, I want to be able to give your listeners something as well. You know, you're giving me this opportunity. I should be able to give something in return. So just remind me so I don't forget. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. What is this? The Brennan series? Well, uh, the story takes place on a planet called Vilmos. Mm-hmm. The planet on this, or the people on this planet have blue skin. But other than that, they are humanoids just like us. And here is the book blurb itself. At least as of today, because I might, I might change it. Um, romance and action collide in this imaginative epic saga in Brennan. A chilling discovery has the nation on high alert. The queen thought to be barren is pregnant with twins and someone wants to destroy them. The escape of a crazed murderer named Rancor ignites a firestorm of events that places everyone in his way in grave danger. Rancor will stop at nothing to enact his vengeance against the king and Brennan's army. How can the elite, a troops sworn to protect the royal family at any cost fight against this maniac when everyone in the palace seems to have their own agenda, including the queen. Rhea, a trauma nurse and member of the elite, has always dreamed of opposing at the palace, but things get infinitely more complicated when she discovers that her ex-boyfriend Khalid is in the same unit. His presence could undermine all her work unless she can find a way to set their differences aside and focus on this all-important mission. The fate of the nation hangs in the balance and rancor seems invincible. Will the elites be enough to stop what's coming? Um, And so, and I did write down a few other things right here. Um, One component many readers have enjoyed about Dawn of the Elite, which is, that's the name of the book one, Dawn of the Elite, Mm -hmm. is the twin relationship. In my book, twins have the ability to communicate telepathically and their ability to do so is key for the storyline. The book is told in a third-person limited narrative. My favorite character is Rhea, and she's a strong female protagonist who is an, who is absolutely gifted as a drama nurse. And she's not your typical brave character, you know. She has her limitations, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you'll see that once when you read. She is fiercely loyal and inquisitive. I hope you fall in love with her as much as I did. Dawn of the Elite is a character-driven novel, novel, suitable for readers 16 and up. Maybe 13 and up um, is just, you know, I'm a mom. I tend to be really conservative about what people can read, I suppose. But right. um, I, I had a reader, I had a reader, uh, write a review saying that everything's very G-rated. I'm like, really? Are you sure? I don't know if I would feel comfortable calling it G-rated stuff, But but okay.
0: Right, right. No, exactly. And like I told you earlier, and I don't know if I said it since we started is, I, to me it comes off as your book is a place is a book that where everybody has a secret that's bigger than the next person's
1: yes
0: and that's yes, and, so. and it makes it exciting and this twin this twin thing um, and like I said there's just a lot to it and it's just um, and I can't wait and I and full disclosure for those who are reading I haven't read it yet because I'm holding out why am I holding out I'll tell you why I'm holding out because I'm holding out for an autographed copy. That's right. I'm holding out until I get an autographed copy. You like that? You like that? I put you on the yeah, spot because I'm like, no, it. no, I'm getting, yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting my copy. Um, yes, you are. Yeah. I, well, I, I was like, I'm, I really wanted, because I think it's one of those series that, um, so I'm going to use Hunger Games as an example, okay? So one day, my wife and I, we decided that we were going to go to the movies, and we looked up there and we saw these movies and everything and then there was this Hunger Games. Now, this is the first time in my entire life and I'm a movie junkie that I've gone to the movies and picked something that I knew nothing about. I didn't know the story, I didn't know I didn't I didn't even know it was a series of books. I had no yeah. idea. And I watched the movie, we watched it and we loved it. In fact, we left there and we went to Barnes and Noble and my wife bought the book. Um yes. But it's the kind of thing where it sneaks up on you and then you later find out it's like, Oh no, no, there's more to come. That's kind of why I especially um, when I saw your thing that I was like, Oh yeah, I, I I want to know more about this. I want to because I, I think it's gonna I think it has that I ha- it's got juice It's. I think it's gonna, you know, move forward.
1: Awesome. Well, I, I hope that that's the case because of course it's a labor of love, you know, um, it, it took technically only a year to write. I say only a year. Some people are serial authors and can write like four books a year. It took me a year to write this, but it was in the head mm-hmm. for maybe two to five years, maybe longer than that. Cause I was pregnant with Abigail. So, and she's going to be nine. So, oh, um, wow. It's been in my brain for at least nine years and it's just recently come to fruition.
0: So talking about serial writers, I think this is a great time to talk about your husband.
1: Oh yeah, there you go.
0: Because according to you, um, I think he qualifies.
1: Yes, he does. How Jeez. many books? Nine. Who does that?
0: <laughs> and that's the last year, right?
1: And he's a father and full-time, you know, employee, uh, employee and everything how does someone write nine books in like how long did it take you to write nine books a year and a half. So pretty much since COVID started, this is what the guy does. He's like, well, I have some free time. He's a teacher. He doesn't have free time, (laughs) but
0: (laughs) (laughs) but he's got no free time. He has no free time,
1: but Uh, he wrote nine books and it's funny how it started. Um, it's, it's almost, it sounds like an oxymoron. He is an, he's a teacher, but mm-hmm. he's also an introvert. And so one of his students jokingly said, you are the grand kuba of introverts. And somehow one thing led to another. And he's like, I think I want to write a story about introverts because they need to be celebrated. You know, mm-hmm. introverts can be awesome. Introverts can be heroes. They're just, you know, because most books have like super extroverted characters so, what would an introvert look like? And so that's what he did. Nine books. The ninth one isn't out yet, but he is. He has got it in his computer, and it's ready almost.
0: And the title is Dragons of
1: Introvertia,
0: Introvertia right? Did I say that yeah. right? Introvertia. Introvertia. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. And that's funny. And then, but then he also wrote um, another book, Born Again yes right yes which is nonfiction
1: it is nonfiction um, honestly it's my favorite um, I've been I've been a Christian for a very long time and it's hard I think for me to get something that I can take away with you know like mm-hmm. um, and when I read his book and of course I'm biased right but when I read his book I was like wow no this is this is powerful stuff like it makes you think he's not He's not giving you some new gospel. It's not some new stuff, mm-hmm. but it's just the perspective in it. Like, for example, you know, the idea of, uh, and I only say this because I just went to Bible study last night and I, and I just happened to bring the book with me, but you know, like the idea of a good person, well, okay. If you make 10 sins or for the layman person who doesn't use that word, 10 mistakes a day, mm-hmm. okay. Just driving in the interstate, you're going to curse someone out. You're going to at least think it, you know, you're going to want to cut someone off the road. If you sin 10 times a day, and that's very conservative, and you live a normal lifespan of 77 years, Mm -hmm. that equals up to, I'm looking at my husband, 281,000 sins or mistakes in your lifetime. How can you think that you are a good person, that that that, that qualifies you as a good person? You know, so- so anyway, I don't, I don't want to get too much into into religion here because that's not what your podcast is about. But you know, it's a very interesting read, and and I love it. It's uh, it's definitely for me an eye opener.
0: My podcast is about finding truth and truth mm-hmm. is comes from all sides. So you talk about anything you want. There are no oh. boundaries. Thank you. Very oh, much. that's,
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, one of my lines is that, um, the reason I did this was I want to separate truth from theater because mm. I think that we are spoon fed in society. Mm. What everybody wants us to believe. And you don't have yes. that, 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 you know, truth component. Um, and I find that very interesting because, um, well, first of all, I find it very interesting that you, you and your husband both write, cause that's kind of a very unique dynamic. I also yes. find it very interesting because he seems to write. And so do you kind of like, there's a little fantasy component. There's a little sci-fi component. There's a little nonfiction component. Um, which is just it's amazing to me I do have a question do you read the drafts or do you wait till it's printed before you read your husband's book
1: I read till it's done
0: <laughs> no I think that's great yeah that's the way it should be
1: No, and the thing is he for me he reads my books and he edits them and, and he does all that amazing hard work and I'm like I'll just read it when it's done thanks nice.
0: that's awesome <laughs> who does who does your graphics
1: Um, okay. So I had a gentleman named Daniel Adorno who Uh made my graphic. Um, I love his work. I think I, I, hopefully it's eye catching. I mean, actually I should ask you, what did you think about the cover? Do you think it's eye catching? Does it scream sci-fi to you?
0: I love the cover. As you probably could tell early, I really, in sci-fi movies, I really embrace strong female characters yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you ever saw the movie um, Mission to Mars, <clears throat> with uh, or excuse me, Red Planet with um, Carrie Moss, who was in the Matrix.
1: I, was it a movie or was it like a documentary? No, no, no. It was show.
0: No, it was a movie, and it had Val Kilmer, Carrie Moss. Um, no, I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, uh, Benjamin Pratt was in it. Um, anyways, so and it was right after the Matrix came out. She did this, but mm-hmm. like, and even in the Matrix, I love her strength. Ellen Ripley will always be – Aliens will always be my all-time favorite series. Ellen Ripley, of course, being – I just – that's everything. Um. So seeing – you know, when I see stories or everything that have that strong female lead, I don't want to see those guys still kind of fulfilling that macho role. You know, like <laughs> – you know, I mean, I don't want to um, – I don't even know what the, you're the writer. You tell me demasculate, emasculate. What am I looking for here? <laughs>
1: you're putting me on the spot. I'm terrible. I, I spend so much time on, on like thesaurus.com. It's <laughs> Okay. I'm a grammarly
0: terrible. I'm a grammarly guy. I'm like, hey, psh, how much do you want a year to make me look good? Psh, sold. Um Yes. Grammarly. I
1: use it. <laughs> please. Right. Please.
0: So um but yeah, you get these characters, but I don't I mean, I don't wanna take manhood completely away, but at the same time, I think for so long, it's, you know, you don't have those female characters to play that strong role, but no, I love, I love the title. I love the, um, the, the color of the book, the title, the whole nine years. I mean, it's, it's really, really great. Um, before I let you go. So there's two questions I'm going to ask you. One is who is your favorite, favorite sci-fi character? that isn't your own mm-hmm. and what's your favorite movie
1: oh ooh, favorite movie oh i have the answer for that one too um okay um so my favorite character hands down is amos burton from the expanse he is extremely intense mm-hmm. he does not play around um i personally like Andrea not my character I personally have issues like you know people can walk all over me it's so easy to do it, uh, I hate that part of me um and so I love people or characters you know when they're fictional who just they just don't care mm-hmm. and they're just so strong emotionally and physically um and he has that he's just in in abundance um so I, I really, really like him as a character. Um, I also love uh, Christian of Asarala from The Expanse as well. I think she embodies all of that, but in a female component, although she can't kick butt the way, the way Amos can, you know? Um, <laughs> okay. But she does it with her wit. That mm-hmm. tongue of hers, man, is fire. Like she's just, she's the coolest person. Like whoever wrote that. Well, I mean, I know who wrote the book, but I'm just saying like, oh, he's such a great character. Um, but my favorite movie is not sci-fi. It's Harry Potter. A thousand percent. Which I, the
0: original or all of them? Just all of them. them.
1: J.K. Rowling had me on the very first page. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love that whole cheek and tongue type of humor. Um, mm-hmm. Just the very first page where they're like, uh, I think it says, Um, and they like to be very, uh, they like to be normal. Thank you very much. Like that little sentence. I was like, okay, I think I love this author. Let me just get into this. And I, the rest is history. I, I am such a huge Potterhead.
0: So the editor for content famous question. What is the next evolution for Andrea?
1: Well, right now I'm working on book two. It is taking me a hot minute to write. I'm having some serious, uh, writer's block, but, um, that's what I'm doing. I'm just focusing on book two. It is, uh, I don't know how big the series is. I know how, Mm -hmm. um, so right now I have a storyboard for at least three books. So three books total. It might be four books. I don't know. Um, there's uh, some other things I might explore. Um, however, I was talking to my husband maybe a few weeks ago, and I said, I might even like when I'm done with the Brennan series, I might either a do the Brennan series, but like a, a spinoff, mm-hmm. but, but not, but the thing is it wouldn't be sci-fi. It would be like in like today's technology. So it wouldn't be so sci-fi. Oh. So, but still on that world. So I don't know about that. Or I might make a book too to into the trenches. Cause that book sells really good. Like it, Like I don't get so many more. I don't get so many reviews. People don't leave reviews. It's the weirdest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But but I see the book purchases. And and if you have uh, Kindle Unlimited, I can actually see how much of the book is read in a day. It's a really cool. Yeah. So into the trenches, I'll see like a thousand pages read, which means that's like three books Mm -hmm. that have been read in one day in one sitting. And so people read it. And Mm -hmm. um, I might as well do a book too for it. You know, there's definitely more to the story. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm planning to do yet, but those are the thoughts.
0: All right. Where do we find you? How do we find you? And what is the super secret offering that you're willing to give listeners? Let's hear it.
1: Yes. Okay. So let's do the super secret things. I don't want to forget that. Um, For whoever is listening to this, I want to give you a huge thank you for having me on the show. Um, anyone, anyone, anyone who messages you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know if you get a hundred read- uh, subscribers or 200 or 300, whatever anyone who's read- uh, who's listening. Um, just let me know. And I'll give you the link to um, my, my, uh, my gosh, I don't even know what it's called right now. I can't think my brain is mush, but essentially they'll get a free version of the book. Um It won't be it won't be like the official Amazon Kindle, Mm -hmm. but you will get a version, whether it be EPUB or Mobi or PDF. And so you choose whichever uh, format fits you best. You choose and it goes directly to your reading device and you can read it. And if you enjoy it, please, please, please leave a review. But that is my gift for you.
0: That is so nice for people. That is, that's great. Um, Subscribers for me is kind of like reviews for you. Yep. I get tons of listens and it's crickets on the subscriber end. It really is. So you know what I think I'll do? I think the first five subscribers is going to get the free book. Okay. I think that's what we'll do. I think we'll say that if you actually subscribe to this,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. the first five are getting a free copy of that book. I'm down. I'm in. Absolutely. Definitely. Where do we find you, Andrea? Where's it at?
1: Okay. All right. You've got tons of places. I I do. (laughs) You're everywhere. (laughs) I'm everywhere. It's so hard to handle all these social media things, but I am uh, most active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, And it's just Behringer books. All my handles are the same Behringer books. So I'm on Instagram. I am on YouTube. I'm not super active there, but once in a while, I'll, I'll put up like a funny video or something. So I'll put it on YouTube. Um, I'm also on Twitter, but don't go on Twitter to find me. I'm <laughs> never there. Um, I'm extremely active on my Facebook uh, fan page, Behringer mm-hmm. Books as well. Um, and what else? Um, I, I can't think of anything else right now, but I do have like, it, I, I think I shared with you my, it's like milkshake. You know how m- most people have Linktree. I have milkshake. Right. Like all my milkshakes bring the boys to the yard. I don't know what, I don't know why they <laughs> came up with that.
0: That's awesome.
1: I don't know why they came up with that title for their website, but they did. And it's cute. I like it. But anyways, um, my, I, I send you my, my link. Yes. And so that, that takes you to everything. So it takes you to my Amazon page, to my husband's page as well. Um, and even has my, uh, my Amazon music playlist, uh, for like, for the songs that I think really go with, with book one, um, so oh. if you want to know, yeah. So if you want to know what is Andrea thinking, you know, you could see my vibe for book one. So there is a few uh, Latino songs in there, but mostly they are mostly in English. And you'll you'll get a you'll get a sense that there's some anger in there, right? Because Raya mm-hmm. is angry sometimes. There's a lot of like love and pining and everything. Um, so a little bit of everything. And nice. you were talking about you know the whole Superman whatever um, component. Uh, Khaled is the the other POV. He's Mm -hmm. the guy that Rhea hates slash loves to hate. Um, He is... I wrote him a little bit different than what most male characters are. He does feel deeply. Mm -hmm. He's in touch with his emotions. He's still extremely manly. You know, I I wanted to keep his manhood and keep him realistic to that. But he also... um, you know, he, he deals with emotions. I'll just say it that way. Um, in, in a, in a a way that I think is respectful and realistic, um, to kind of show that men are allowed to feel these things, you know? So,
0: well, that, no, no. And that's awesome. And, um, we're going to put, I'm going to put, um, the show links, uh, all your, your links in the show notes. I'm going to put, um, your little bio clip in there. Um, and then on my, I actually will have a post for you, um, on the website as well to like, you know, Make sure that it's all linked to you. Um, Andrea, I cannot thank you enough for being on my show.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: That was great. Um, So a little side note, which I don't think, I don't know if you know, I'm a nurse.
1: Are you really? Oh, well, then I think you're, oh, this is great. Well, thank you for your service. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, and no, thank you
0: for yours. Yours is way way more intense than mine but um so Probably you're, the, you're the, actually the <laughs> second person i've interviewed that w- was going to go to nursing school and then i just kind of giggle because i'm like i wait till the end and i'm like so i don't know if you know this or not but i'm a nurse my wife and i are both nurses and that's why oh,
1: that's so awesome so
0: that's why I, I really your character really i'm into it because i'm like oh yeah trauma nurse and i'm like Shh, I'm, I'm there man what's up like
1: okay. Okay, so I had a friend of mine. It's so weird. I was her youth group leader when she was like a kid. It mm-hmm. makes me feel so old because I don't <sighs> think I'm so old. She is like halfway done with with uh, doctorate school. She's going to become a doctor. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's um, the penultimate chapter. Like It was like the second to last chapter of the book. Um, a lot of stuff happens, and Rhea mm-hmm. needs to do some serious medicine. And... You know, I wrote Rhea as a nurse, but mm-hmm. this situation requires a doctor. And first of all, what is Rhea feeling? Does she feel up to the challenge and she has no one to help her? Anyways, long story uh, short. Uh, yeah, I, don't ruin it. I, I, no, 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 I won't. I won't do that. I called my friend who's a doctor or, you know, studying to be a doctor. And I was like, girl, walk me through this. What would she be feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, what would a doctor have her do? What would a nurse normally do? what what would she feel is her limitations to to rise up to this challenge and i had a blast writing that oh
0: challenge. nice oh
1: my gosh I, I love trauma i love medicine oh even yeah when i was even when i was like 13 i'd be watching um what was the big show back then oh my gosh er uh, er er i would watch that and would, and i would also watch like the real er episodes like the Mm-hmm. like the ones where people are actually you know filming Oh yeah yeah. And I would watch that and just all the blood my dad would come in and he's like "Ew, what are you watching?" I'm like "It's great
0: isn't it?" Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. This is
1: awesome. <laughs> um honestly, I don't know if I'm smart enough to be a nurse. I I actually did try to go back like I, you know I got done with the army and mm-hmm. everything and I was like maybe let me let me try um to to maybe make this happen. I was already, I work at a hospital, um, Mm -hmm. as a safety specialist. So I deal with like air permits and water permits. Right. 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 That stuff. Uh, none of the life-saving stuff that I, (laughs) that I envisioned, but I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to get old. And then my back, like, you seem like, Oh yeah, I I am not, I am not Rhea. Okay. I am, I am not her. And I think these things like, and just that alone made me go, I think I'm good. I, I don't know if I can be dealing with this when I'm like 50 or 60.
0: I think that you, I mean, I have no doubt in my mind if you truly wanted to go back down that road, you could, but it would be such a shame to not continue what you're doing because I think what you're doing is actually writing is such a gift. I, so a little backstory when I was in, I was it fourth or fifth grade we had this thing at high at school where people came in. It was kind of like a career day, but it was more of giving you like visions of what you could be when you grew up. And my buddy, um, Steve Schechter, his mom, whose writing name is Winifred Morris. And she wrote with magical horses to ride the Jello syndrome. Um, I actually have two copies of those. Um, and I wanted to be a writer Now I'm going to be dead honest with you. Language and I don't get along writing and I don't get along. Um, It is it is my dream to be able to do that. I can't do that. That is I I, it's not Um, when you see the blog post, please don't judge it. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) anyways, it's it's something that I'm I really am passionate about, but it's something that you just I have to know my limitations and I have to know that unfortunately it's not what I was meant to do. I wanted to be the guy who had a cabin in Montana who literally just wrote these novels and then fans try to, like, seek you out for, like, that one weird sighting. I wanted to be that guy. Um, But the reality is that that's just never going to happen. But so you have this gift and you have this amazing gift and you have this ability and you have such amazing resources at your disposal. Um, Hello, the husband, you have this beta group, you have, um, and you have a successful book that you published on your own. You're it. Like you're, you know, I mean, (laughs) you, you made it. I don't know if anybody told you, but I'll be the first. Um, so even though nursing is like a passion of yours, I think that this was actually more of what you were supposed to be. And I think mm-hmm. the events that got you there, like yeah. the things that happened to you, got you here. Um, yeah. I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. If we add more concrete <laughs> and pavement, what could possibly happen?
1: It's just going to keep on getting hotter.
0: Right? And it's bad. And it's, it's. we'll never leave. Um, But at the same time, it's really, I just really wish that somebody would come up with a technology where the heat would not get trapped in the materials that they build with. Because, yeah.
1: Well, the technology is out there. It actually is. It's just the city needs to pay for it. But yeah, just even if even if they were to do white concrete, like just straight up white, that would actually help by a lot. There are materials out there, simple materials, but the United States doesn't necessarily do that type of stuff.
0: The other thing that really pisses me off is that years ago, they should have put a law into effect that all new builds had solar and they, mm-hmm. and they didn't now all of our schools have solar. They did all their, um, covered parking. All of the schools here have solar on their covered oh, parking, that's good. which is, oh yeah, it's fabulous. But they could have easily mandated that all new builds had yes. solar and, but no, cause you know, there's, you know, that would mean that it's the expensive. power company. Well, power companies yeah, exactly. wouldn't have, have a hold over you. So anyways, okay. <laughs> we could do this forever. Um, I really could um andrea thank you thank your husband for me for being a honorary thank guest you. as well um <laughs> <laughs> let him know i appreciate it and uh, i'll be in touch
1: thank you so much take care
0: you too bye bye you've been listening to the edited for content podcast again if you enjoyed it let me know share it and come back again thanks for listening my friend have a great day